Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. Today is November 7th, 2009. That's right, the first Saturday in November. We are having an absolutely phenomenal uh, day here in Atlanta, Georgia. The sun was shining. It's uh, nighttime now, but we had an absolutely phenomenal day. It was warm, and I love being in warm climates in November. <laughs> um, again, this is uh, November 7th, 2009, Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you all know what time it is. It's time for creating a championship standard of living. I thank you. I thoroughly thank you. I do not take you for granted each and every week for coming back out, listening to the show, downloading the podcast, leaving comments, everything. I thoroughly appreciate you. You guys have been an absolute uh, major blessing to me, and I don't take you for granted. And I want you to know I, I love you. I appreciate you for continuing to come back out and support. And I also thank you for, you know, continuing to to share the word about Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and creating a championship standard of living with your host, Miles W. Miller. Before we go any further, people, I, w- I want to do what I do every week. I want to turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit so that we all get what we came for, and that is a move of his spirit, and that as I speak and as our, our guests come on today, that as they speak, that God's glory goes forward and that his kingdom come in the, the, the lives of the listeners who can receive what we have for you today. So with that said, I want to, again, thank you for tuning in. And I want to let you know, today we have a, a phenomenal show planned for you. We're doing Young Lady Arise Part 2. This is the continuation from uh, a show we did back in October. And it's a show geared towards the for empowering our ladies, empowering our young women uh, to be the, the people that God has called them to be. But there's a lot of things going on in the world today. There are a lot of distractions. There are a lot of things that can lead people astray. But... We want to serve today, we want this show to serve today as a, as a beacon of light. We're going to provide hope with uh, dynamic guests that are going to come on the show and give absolute uh, golden nuggets of information to, to live a championship standard of, of life, to experience a championship standard of living. So before we go any further, I want to do something different today. I'm going to play a motivational moment, and we'll be right back. day of new beginnings and I want you to understand that the things that have happened to you from this point forward up to this point are for a reason and to, to kind of bring it home what I'm what I'm telling you today I'm going to give you a quick crash course and a physics lesson um, I'm going to teach you about vector physics today um, vector physics basically is like this vectors describe motion and momentum, and they also describe the magnitude and the direction of, of, of an object in space. Okay, for instance, an airplane would be charted by, by way of vectors because it has, it has magnitude and it has direction. Well, these things are always measured over time. Now, whenever time is measured, 
time is measured from zero to infinity in the going towards the right, which is the positive direction, which means it's always increasing. Time is always increasing. Whenever you see a graph, time is always increasing as far as, you know, vectors are concerned with, with like the motion of an airplane, for instance. The, the, the direction of the vector is charted according to where the, the position of the plane is at, at a certain time. So if the plane is just taking off, the vector is going in a positive direction, both in magnitude and in time. Well, when the plane is landing, it's a negative vector because the plane is coming down, but it's still, you know, the time is still increasing. So, how does this apply to your life? We're going to talk about the absolute value of your life today. And we're going, to, we're going to compare your life to a vector. Your life has magnitude, which means it has speed, and it has direction. And a lot of things may have happened up to this point that may not have been the way you want them to be. But we're going to chart this vector anyway. The absolute value of any vector whether it's a negative vector or a positive vector. The absolute value of that vector is always a positive result. It's defined in, in mathematic, mathematical terms. You'll see um, an equation, and there's two bars around it. There's a bar in the beginning of it and a bar in the end of it. What, what that denotes is that, that's the absolute, that you're going to take the absolute value of this particular equation, this particular function. And what that tells you is that, basically, this is how far away from zero this function is well now you've been living you've been you've been born you're in the earth you're no longer at zero so as i told you earlier you know time is increasing now. time is always increasing the truth of the matter is people that when you take the absolute value of your life the, the result is positive I'm going to say that again. When you take the absolute value of your life, the result is positive. So, let's go back to Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And then, even going back to Genesis 15 and 20, for... As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for my good. I got a shocking revelation for you people. If you love God and are called according to his purpose, then the vector that describes your life, the magnitude of your life, states that all things that have happened to you, that are happening to you, and that will happen to you, are working together for your good. Everything that you experience in life has worked together for your good. That's why I tell people, don't get bent out of shape over things you're going through. Don't let what you're going through stop you from where you're going to. That was just a motivational moment from uh, one of our uh, previous shows together, and I just wanted to inject that 
a bit of motivation in your uh, system for a moment so we can get ready for the show and um, do some more dynamic things. We're going to go and we're going to start um, our lesson today. We're actually not going to start a lesson just yet. We're going to actually do our um, our enlarging your vision uh, and in enlarging your vision it's important that you understand this. It's really important that you understand what I'm getting ready to say. The things you think about, you will bring about. That was something that I, I got when I was reading The Secret. The things you bring, things you think about, you'll bring about. So whatever's going on in your imagination, it's just a matter of time before you see it manifest. And in understanding this fourth quarter comeback that we're in, and today we're talking about a young lady arise, the things you think about, the things that you are imagining, you're bringing them about in your life. So it's important to understand what's in your mind. So that's why each week when we go through this this envisioning process, when we go through. I'm going to walk you through this, this step by step process of how to to um, pretty much determine what's in your imagination or how to how to put the picture you want in your imagination. It's important because what you see in your imagination, what you see in your mind's eye, you're going to bring it to pass. If you see doubt, negativity, lack, you know, everything else that's negative, guess what? You'll continually see that in your life. So the things that you really, really want are the things that you need to be focusing on. So that's what we that's the purpose, whole purpose of this thing is to get you focused on what is you really, really want. That's how you live a experience that championship standard of living. You have to ex, you have to see it. You have to physically see excuse me, spiritually see in your imagination the life as you want it to be. So each week, you know, take this thing don't take this for granted. Don't take this as just another part of the show that will. He's just, you know, killing time. I'm not. This is not to kill time. This is actually to build up your war chest so that when you go out through the week and you see things that, that are beautiful and that are lovely, that are gorgeous, and you think about those things, you think on those things, that you can actually see yourself with it also. You can see yourself in possession of, of the beauty, the beautiful things of this universe that God created for us so, so wonderfully. So take full advantage of the, these moments. And take full advantage of, of, of your dreams. Take full advantage of your imagination. Because believe it or not, something else has been taking advantage of your imagination if you're not seeing the lifestyle that you truly want. So with that in mind, let's begin. Now, I want you, as I tell you every week, I want you to, to envision an IMAX theater, an IMAX screen. That's one of the largest screens in the world. And I want you to see the movie coming on now and let that movie be your ideal life. What do you want your ideal life to look like? What does your life look like? What does your ideal life look like? You see trees, you see beaches, you see cars, you see tell me what I mean, you no, know, get in your mind, what does your ideal life look like? Not the nightmare that you may have been living, but the dream life that you always desired. What does your ideal life look like? I want you to imagine what your ideal life looks like. I want you to see yourself traveling. I want you to see yourself on a beach. I want you to see yourself 
on a on a exotic getaway. I want you to see yourself walking in, paying off all your bills. I want you to see yourself doing something dynamic that goes in in line with the abundance that God has, has placed in this universe for you, for each and every one of us. I want you to see yourself. I want you to see yourself doing something dynamic. I want you to see yourself living your dreams. I don't. I want you to see yourself living your dreams in spite of the current situation in the, in the economy, in spite of what people may say you can't have. I want you to see yourself living your dreams. Now, as you're living your dreams on this big screen, as you're going forward on this big screen, what does it feel like to see yourself thriving? What does it feel like to see yourself enjoying the finer things of life? What does it look like to see yourself in tune with the universe? Okay. In understanding that, in understanding that, what do those feelings represent? Those feelings represent tangible connectivity to that vision. Okay. So I want you to see that picture on the screen. I want you to fully embrace those emotions and those feelings that you've been feeling. I want you to fully embrace those feelings. I want you to see that picture. I want you to get excited when you see yourself happy. I want you to get excited when you see yourself, you know, living a champion, experiencing a championship standard of living, living a championship style of life. I want you to get excited, and I want you to hold on to those feelings. I want you to fully embrace each and every one of those emotions. Now, with that, you got the, you got the vision, you got the emotions, you got the feelings. Now I want you to affirm what you're seeing and repeat after me. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. So now you got your, you got the big IMAX screen of your vision. And you've embraced the emotions and feelings that that, that, that picture brings. And you're continually confessing in your spirit that all your divine good is, is coming to you, flowing to you, free and unfettered right now. I want you to continuously hold on to that that feeling as we continue forward with the show. Now, we're going to go into our divine intervention. You know, each week I give you a divine intervention or a scripture from the Bible to jumpstart your, your week to keep you motivated throughout the week. This uh, week's Divine Intervention comes um, from John 10 and 10, and it also is um, part of the mission statement of one of our guests coming up. So it, it, it's like a, a double-edged sword. So um, I want to share that with you. John 10, 10, it states, For the enemy comes but to kill, steal, and destroy, but I am come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Life and life more abundantly. That's, that's what, what Jesus was sent to us for. 
in knowing that, there's it gives us no excuse anymore to live a subservient life, to, to lack fear and anything that limits our lives. See, that's a that's a two part that's a two part gift. The first part of life is restoration. I've come that you may have life. It, it means everything that the enemy came to, to do to hurt you, to to get you off course of your destiny, and everything that you may have allowed to happen. I am coming that you may have life. So the first piece of that is restoration. You get restored to to have life after experiencing hellish conditions and, and, and things of that nature, God sent a gift to restore life. Then the second piece of that puzzle is life more abundantly. After you've been restored to life, back to the, the living, now you've been given the okay to prosper. You've been, been given the okay to thrive. And I want you to keep that in your spirit also, going back to uh, our, our envisioning and, and, and envisioning, enlarging your vision. It's okay it's okay to move out in your vision. It's okay to, to, to experience that. It's okay to see that. It's okay to desire good things. The thing is you don't want to make those good, those good things your God, but you understand that you seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things are added unto you. So in understanding that, your destiny is important, and it's important that you move out in that destiny because you've been given the mandate to be fruitful and multiply. So today, I want you to, we're going to give you blueprints for those people out there that has been struggling to, to how to, to, for restoration, and then we're going to give you the rest of the blueprint to, to give you tools and, and, and nuggets to help you live more abundantly. So we're going to go into our divine intervention. Excuse me, that was our divine intervention for this week. And we're going to now give you a presidential wisdom. Each week, you know, I give you a presidential wisdom or a quote from our 44th president, President Barack Obama. This week's presidential wisdom, and you may have heard this before, so bear with me if you have heard it before, but faith comes by hearing. So I want you to hear this. I want you to really, really get this. If you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. I'll repeat that. If you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. If you're willing, excuse me, if you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. And that's this week's presidential wisdom from our 44th president, President Barack Obama. Well, people, I am thoroughly excited. We have a, a great show lined up for you today. But before we go further with the show, I'm going to actually play another motivational moment. I want you to um, – I'm just we're just getting you ready for what's getting ready to come, it's, and there's a dynamic show planned for you. So listen to this uh, motivational moment. I'll be right back. Again, I'm uh, just completely honored to, um, to be before you today. And uh, our lesson today um, is 10 steps to staying true to yourself. 10 steps to, to staying true to yourself. Um, I came up with this topic late last night, actually in the wee hours of this morning. 
Um, if many of you may have seen my Facebook posting uh, where I posted um, a comment about being true to myself and how I, uh, I actually had to apologize to myself for not being always being true to myself. Um, and I think that it's really important for each and every one of us to understand that we are unique. We are, we are not like everybody else. We're not normal. And because we're not normal, we can't expect to do what normal people do and have gratification or happiness or joy doing those things. We have to celebrate that uniqueness that's what's inside us. Uh, a guest we had on uh, a couple weeks ago, Mr. Ronald Wilshire uh, down in Houston, Texas, you know, told us to celebrate our uniqueness. And, and that's one thing I'm going to continuously promote, to celebrate the, the, the identity that God has given you. The, the separateness that God has given you, the, 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 that which of you, that inside of you that will allow you to stand out and not blend in, because you weren't put here to blend in, you were put here to stand out and lead. So let me get started with our lesson. Um, ten steps to staying true to yourself. Step number one, and I believe this is the most important step to staying true to yourself. Step number one: keep God's image of you in your heart. Keep God's image of you in your heart. Keep God's image of you in your heart. A lot of people battle with low self-esteem. They battle with uh, a bad vision of themselves. They, they, they struggle to, to really find their way in the world. And they, they get confused and misled and led astray and run amok, things like that. And the one thing that would keep people grounded is that if you knew that the creator of the universe created you in his likeness and image. How could you ever fall for the okie doke when somebody told you that you, you're less than, than, than great, you're less than phenomenal, you're less than the best? If you truly, when you truly know who you are, when you truly know who you are, when you, know, you truly know what you are, nobody can come and tell you anything other than that. Immediately you understand that that's the part. That's not the truth. If somebody tells you something contrary to what the Creator says you are, that's a farce. That's not. That is not the truth. So, in understanding that, it is utterly important to stay locked on the image that God says you are. You're creating His likeness and image. You're creating His likeness and image. Not like a dinosaur. Not like a donkey. Not like a horse. Not like a bear. But in His likeness and image. You have been put here for some dynamic stuff. You have been put here to do some things that, that only you can do. Your life is important. Your, your existence on this earth, your existence in this, uni in this universe is very important. So you have to stay focused on the fact that you were created to create. You were created to, to repair. You were created to, to do something dynamic. You were created to do something awesome. You were created to do something unique. So you have to celebrate that uniqueness because God saw something in you that when he created you, he created you to solve a set of problems that nobody else can solve. So keep that in your, in your heart that you are put here for a special assignment from the creator.
Hello, and we're back. That was, a, a again, another motivational moment from uh, one of our previous shows, and I, I like to do that uh, throughout the show periodically just to, like I said, give you a, a, a shot in the arm of encouragement and motivation. Uh, we have, Like I said, we have some dynamic things planned for you today. Uh, two dynamic guests are coming on. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm just I'm thoroughly excited because I have – this is my life's calling to, to motivate and inspire and encourage people, but – there's always been a soft spot in my heart towards women, and I always ask people this question. I see a lot of people. I get a lot of um, a lot of my clients, a lot of my life coaching clients are women, so I I understand the issues that they deal with better than most men may, because I actually take the time to actually listen to what women have to say. And one thing that I hear a lot of is about broken relationships. And the two uh, ladies I'm bringing on tonight, they're, they're powerhouses in, um, in restoration and deliverance. One thing about life is that we don't always um, – you can't plan every detail of your life. Some things you have to be really flexible and, and allow um, – you have to be willing to, to, to go with the flow in some things. But other things as it, it, uh, regards to relationships, affairs of the heart – things that really can um, change the whole course of your life, you have to have a, a better game plan than just walking and, and, and just willy-nilly having relationships with people. And I see a lot of people who who do this, who, who uh, to come out and, and they do this type of um, thing to people where they just have relationships and make them like disposable cameras. You know, you use one up and then you throw it to the side and, and use another one. But there's a lifestyle alteration that's going to take place tonight. There's going to be a mindset change tonight. There's a song by um, by Donald Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers. I, I've been listening to this song every day this week. It's called It's Your Time. And I wanted to have it for you tonight, but we had some technical difficulties, so I, I won't be able to play it for you tonight, but I'm going to tell you what that song did to me, and I'm going to tell you why it's so important for you to listen to what we have for you tonight. I have been battling a, a lot of different things. You know, I, I told you back in um, a few months ago that, you know, over the course of, of this year, I have had a, a little battle with depression. Even while I was, you know, encouraging and motivating other people, I was still battling on my own inside of myself, you know, inside, in secret because, you know, who was going to listen to me and be encouraged by anything I have to say if, if I let them know that I've been battling this, this issue. But, in helping other people, in pouring out to other people, you get an opportunity to connect on a, on a dynamic level with the supernatural, with God. Whenever you, you make a step to help, whenever you make a step to help God's people on any level, whether it be through encouragement, it could be a hug, it could be a, a hi, how are you doing, it's hard to pour out love and not have it come back. So God is so amazing that sometimes you can you can listen to a song and his love will come back to you. The very love you've been pouring out can come right back to you and by just listening to a simple song. This song, It's Your Time, it changed my life. And let me tell you, a lot of people need to hear that right now. You may I don't care what the economic reports say, I don't care what the news is saying, I don't care what your 
Your friends are telling you, it's your time. Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. Young ladies, arise tonight. It's your time. You've been held, you've been bound for way too long. It's your time. There are too many things that you've been put here to do. And a lot of us, many of us, have been living underneath our promise, underneath our threshold of greatness. And that day is over. It's your time to flourish in greatness. It's your time to flourish as a dynamic uh, person. This, is goes, this goes beyond gender lines. This goes beyond sex lines. This, this is as a person. I'm, I'm talking to the, the, the spirit of, of the champion tonight. If you can't understand what I'm saying, then let, let your spirit listen to what I'm saying. You were designed for something so dynamic that God created you. You were created for such a time as now. You were created to do something that nobody else could do. You were created. You, yes, you, yes, you, yes, you. If you can hear my voice, you were created for something so dynamic. Our, our guest we had on last week, Mr. Ronald Wilshire, he, he shared a, a, a piece of his family uh, lineage with us. He's, a, he's an identical twin. But he and his twin brother are, are like different as night and day. The, the great motivator, Les Brown, he's a twin, he has a twin also. He and his twin brother are like different as light and day. Night and day, light and dark, they are, they are different. Even two genetically similar individuals can be different as night and day because each and every one of us was called for a different assignment. Now it's time for you to, to, to let your greatness show up in that thing which you were called to do because it's your time. This is your season. It's, it, this season. Not, not next season, this season, right now. You can, you can have that lifestyle that you so desire. What do you really want? What is it that you really, really, truly want? I want everybody that can hear my voice tonight to decide what it is that you truly, really want out of life. And once you know what it is you want out of life, once you know what it is you really want out of life, don't accept anything other than that. My teaching lesson tonight is going to be a little different. My teaching lesson tonight is going to be a little different. And the reason why it's going to be a little different is because I'm going to get out the way and I'm going to let these dynamic gifts that we brought to you tonight empower you, impact you, and change your life. Yes, normally I would have a teaching lesson developed and ready for the show. Tonight I don't. Actually, what you're getting ready to see is the lesson. We're going to bring on, we're going to talk tonight about restoration of your essence, and we're also going to talk about breaking soul ties. I brought on two experts in both fields to tell you and give you great, great, great information about what it takes to live a exemplary life. So, and Young Lady Arise Part 2, we're going to bring on two powerhouses tonight, and I'm going to bring on the first guest now. My first guest is, again, like I said before, I've been building her up all night too. She's a powerhouse. I had the honor of, of being interviewed on her show earlier in the week on Tuesday night, and we had a, a dynamic time because we both have this desire to see people healed and whole. When she comes on here tonight, that's the mission she's, she, she's operating in. She, she wants to see you healed and whole. 
and she's going to show you how to, how to re- restore your essence as a woman. But what I want you also to understand is don't get caught up in sex and gender because the, the tips and, and, and tools that you're going to be presented with tonight go across any line. They, they're spiritual. But tonight we just we have me focusing on, on, on the ladies, but these tips and tools work. So, without a shadow of doubt, I want to introduce to you, um, a, like I said, a dynamic young lady. She hails from uh, Atlanta, actually Starkville, Mississippi. Right now she's a resident in Atlanta, Georgia. She is known as the, prof- the prophetic lioness. And I think you're getting ready to see why in, in just a second. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, without further ado, I'd like to bring to the show and introduce to you Miss Prophetess Tara Hodges. Miles, thank you so very much for having me on the show. I am totally humbled and blown away by such a wonderful introduction. So thank you so very much, and to God all the honor, glory, and praise. You're so welcome, and it's, again, like, like you said so well, um, so eloquently, that to God be the glory. I, I'm honored to have you on the show because I know that something's getting ready to break loose. I told you earlier in the Hallelujah. Week, something's ready to break loose for some for a lot of people, not just not just the ladies, but this is geared towards ladies tonight. But I believe that what you have inside of you is not is although it's geared towards ladies, pH balance for a, a, a lady. But even a man can use this, this prescription it's too. It's strong enough for a man, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sarah, I want to um, I want to talk to you about uh, a conference that you do. It's called Restore the Essence, and, and could you tell us more about that conference and what it entails? Sure. Actually, Restoring the Essence um, is actually done by Stephanie Gordon. She's an awesome powerhouse here in Atlanta as well. And actually, the conference took place this past June here in Atlanta with Dr. Jamal Bryant, myself, Dr. Lisa Tate, obviously Stephanie Gordon, and the purpose you know, was actually birthed out of an idea that God gave her, and that was restoring women back to their essence, back to the original intent that God designed, developed, and created women. And um, I was so excited to be asked to be a part of that conference, man of God, because, you know, life happens, not just to men, but women as well. And life can happen to you to the point where you're like, my God, why am I here? I'm ready to check up out of here if we're going to keep it real. And, you know, it's in those moments, it's in those times, much like you said previous in your show, that you have to go back to, okay, God, I know you sent me here for a purpose, and knowing what that purpose is and aligning yourself back with that purpose and back with that will of God, that's what's going to be your saving grace and actually keep you when it seems like all hell is breaking out loose because of who you are. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, I know if I am, wow, I'm just sitting here, my mouth is open, I know you got something hot ready on the presses now. Tara, in helping um, to restore the essence of the ladies today, what are three major issues that, you know, you've dealt with in in coaching and mentoring uh, women today? Definitely the first thing is relationship. When we see Eve being introduced in the book of Genesis, I tell people all the time, Eve had to show up on the scene ready to be a wife because Adam was already there. And so the very first look that we have at Eve, she's being presented to Adam. And so for a lot of women, relationship, that, that's who we are. 
we we are we're receivers. You know, we're very relationship oriented. We're communicators, and we all know that communication is one of the foundations of any relationship. If you're going to have a successful one. So I would say, you know, even in my own life, I'm a very transparent person in my life and in, you know, the thousands of women that God has allowed me to mentor, preach to, speak to, write to, relationship definitely tops that list. Um, secondly, I'm going to speak to self-esteem. You know, when you flip throughout the Bible, you read about women who had issues from not being able to have children to not feeling as though it, not feeling as though they look good enough, not feeling as if they were good enough. So number two would have to definitely be self-esteem. And ironically enough, a woman's self-image and her self-esteem that definitely impacts her relationship choices, which was point number three. Um, I'm sorry, point number one. The third thing I would definitely have to say. And it's not just specific to women, but I would have to say life experiences, you know, what people have experienced growing up. I tell people all the time, you know, people say that children don't have issues, but that's not true. You can stop any adult on the side of the road, at the mall, at the restaurant, wherever, and that adult can tell you something that they're still dealing with from their childhood that's impacting them today. So a lot of times I get letters from women on Facebook, MySpace, you know, my, my ministry account, and they're crying out because of something that happened to them as a teen and something that happened to them as a child. So I would definitely have to say childhood issues, self-esteem issues, and relationship issues. Wow. And, and in dealing with relationship issues, like I said, that's that's a major uh, piece of the of my coaching. When I when I deal with people, most people that I, and I, I hate saying this, most people that I'm dealing with, they're, they're coming from broken relationships. What do you give? What tips do you give to people to to help restore their interpersonal relationships? Well, I the, the number one tip that I, I give to, to anyone is that you first have to make sure that your relationship with God is in order. Okay. That That's going to be number one. You can't expect to have a positive, productive relationship with anybody, including your own self, until your relationship with God is in order. Uh, you know, that's who we're called to submit to. And nothing can be done out of order. You know, we serve a God of order. Right. So making sure that you are where you need to be. Now, nobody is perfect, but what did Paul say? He said, but do I choose to exist knowingly in sin? Of course not. So the issues that you know you have, don't just say, well, that's just who I am. You know, that's how I've always been. No, you submit that issue unto the Lord. And, you know, I, you follow me on Facebook. I, I posted a status update the other day. I said, listen, you know, God is sick and tired, and sometimes as prophets we have to release a harsh word. Right. And one of the words that God gave me to release is that stop saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me while you believe in him for a husband, a, a hummer, and a house, but you can't believe that while you believe in him to deliver you from that fornication that you're still living in. And wow. so that's step number one. You need to get your walk right with God. Right. Secondly, when you are in alignment with God, the very first person that God shows up to deal with in your life is you. Could you repeat God that? Could you repeat yes. that? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> when you have your relationship with God in order, the very first person that God shows up to deal with is you. Wow. I don't care if you've got an issue with mama. I don't care if you have an issue with daddy. I don't care if you got an issue with husband, wife, best friend, sister, cousin, auntie, coworker, supervisor, whoever. When your relationship is right with God, the very first person that God is going to deal with this is you. Now, here's the evidence of that. We see when Adam sinned and, and, and God showed up, God first addressed Adam. Wow. He didn't even get to even until he first addressed Adam. 
So that's an indication that God is not coming into your life to deal with everybody else. He's coming to deal with you because the truth of the matter is is that we all came into this world by ourselves. Even if you, like you spoke to earlier in, in your show, even if you were born a triplet or twin or whatever, each twin still arrived at a separate time. Somebody arrived at 112, somebody arrived at 118. So that, that, that's significant of the fact that if you came there by yourself, you're going to leave it by yourself, and you're going to have to answer to God by yourself. And so God is not going to discuss Sally and Sue with you before he discusses you with you. And so that's key, getting yourself in order with God, then getting yourself in order with yourself. And then thirdly, I, 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 my experience has been that when you are walking in fellowship with God, you know, the Bible says that he does not have us to be ignorant of anything. So when you are walking in a rightful relationship with God and you're applying righteous principles to your relationships and your friendships, God is a God who desires, you know, the Bible says he's a good father, which means he gives good gifts. So it is the father's will not to see you knowingly or even unknowingly walk into a trap. So then here we see the gift of discernment in operation. So God will say, hey, be on the lookout for this, or hey, look for that, or be careful here, be careful there. And, and, you know, we can apply that to our own childhoods. Maybe growing up, your mama would say, don't touch the stove. The stove is hot. Now, if you touch the stove anyway, it was on you. But at least you had a voice there to say, hey, don't do it, because if you do that, this is what's going to happen. And it has been my experience that when we are walking in relationship and fellowship with God, and, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preacher who believes in going back to the book of beginnings. We see what God told Adam and Eve. He said, don't eat from that tree. So God is always, when, you're in, when you are in proper relationship with him, he's always going to say, hey, be careful of that. Don't do this. Don't do that. But what you choose to do from there is between you, yourself, and yourself. Wow. <laughs> wow. So then how does this tie into self-esteem? How does self-esteem play a role in, in, in getting back to that place where you, you can be in relationship? Well, you know what? The very first step in getting back to a positive self-image man of God it is being real. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Uh, again, I have to go back to the very fact that when you are in a rightful relationship with God, part of that is trusting God enough to know that you can go before God naked. Uh, you know, we read again in, in the book of beginnings, Genesis, where Adam and Eve, they were naked in the garden, and God was there. So that's an indication that you can not only be naked in front of the spouse that God gives you, and we know that that represents being able to be vulnerable in front of them, but you can also be naked in front of God. And so if you know that you're struggling with, you know what, God, my daddy wasn't there, so because of that I'm out looking for a man to love me, and that's manifesting by me having sex you know, with man after man after man, you've got to know that if you are going to God with a sincere heart of repentance, desiring to change, God is going to be like the father we see, you know, uh, with the prodigal son who openly, you know, welcomed his son back. God is not some God that's sitting in the sky ready to beat you for everything right. that you do wrong. Right. You know, we serve a loving father. So if you know that you're suffering with self-esteem issues, if you can't look at yourself and acknowledge that you love yourself, if you look at yourself and you don't think that you're beautiful, if you look at yourself and you don't think you're good enough because of what you've been told or unfortunately what has unraveled in your life, the very first step is being honest enough with God to fall down on your knees and say, Lord, this is what I believe about me. But I understand that that's not what you believe about me because in the book of Genesis it said that you looked at all of your creations and you said that they were good. So, Lord, help me see me how you see me. And when we can get real and go before God and be that transparent and be that honest, healing is always at the end of transparency with God. 
Wow. Wow. Well, again, the, the key, we're in the middle of the fourth quarter comeback, and um, – I mean, you came. You're right here on time with restoration, and these are these are good and great things for uh, the listening audience. Um, Tara, could you tell us more about some of the, uh, your upcoming projects? Sure, praise God. Uh, right now, my next um, conference is here in Atlanta on November 21st, and it's a pray or die conference, and I am so excited about that. You know, the Prayer Die Conference is really about restoring the church and the body back to prayer. And the revelation that God has given me about prayer, I am super excited to release it on that day. It's going to be at True Tabernacle Church of God uh, located in Decatur, Georgia with Elder uh, Moody. And I'm doing it in conjunction with Eric Vance, who is the founder of Pray or Die. And you can get information about him and his organization at PrayOrDie.org. And also coming up this week, you can go to my website and see the flyer, and that is Tara, T-E-R-A, Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-S-A dot com. And again, it's going back to the basics. You know, prayer is nothing more or nothing less in the communications with God. And I think that sometimes we can be in life and we can be experiencing so much hell that we forget that we have a Father that we can talk to at all times. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. There's never a right time. There's never a wrong time. The Bible says that God never slumbers nor sleeps. So I don't care if it's 12 o'clock. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock, 6 o'clock, or 8 o'clock. If there's something in your mind, your heart, your spirit, pray. You know, cry out unto the Lord. Even Jesus humbled himself and prayed. So I tell people, if Jesus can pray, Surely you ought to have a prayer life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the second conference that I'm I, you know I'm excited about both conferences, but I'm I'm truly excited about this one. Um, it's a baby that God gave me to carry, and He spoke it back in my spirit at the Restoring the Essence conference with Dr. Jamal. And Dr. Jamal is, is a great friend of mine. He was actually a client of mine a couple of years ago, and that's a relationship that grew into a wonderful friendship. I love him as a brother in Christ, and he really spoke some powerful words into my spirit back in June, and it birthed the conference that is on Sunday, December the. And, again, you can go to my website for that information, and it's called It's Time to Birth Your Miracle. And I'm so excited about that, man of God, because as a prophet, you know, the Bible says that God would do nothing in the earth without first telling the prophet. And I can tell you as a prophet what God has been ministering to me about in this particular season, I mean in this very month as we speak, is that it's time. You know, all the hell that you've been through, I've been through, we've been through, it was right. preparation for where we are to go. You know, I had to uh, preach a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that I spoke about as I was speaking about David's preparation to take out Goliath. When you go back and you study his story, you understand that he was on the backside in the wilderness contending with lions and bears. And I don't know about you, but uh, I don't necessarily want to run up on a lion and bear and contend with that. Yeah, but that's that? not... Amen. You know, but that's also symbolic of the fact that we have been in the wilderness contending with things that were designed to take us out. Wow. When you can compare the strength of an animal like a bear or a lion against the strength of a man, on any given day they can outrun a man. But it goes to show you that when God is training you, what is designed to be bigger and badder than you ain't got nothing on you. Wow. And so it's when David was when David was being perfected in the wilderness, that was the thing that gave him the strength that he needed on the battlefield to take out the very thing that thought it was going to take him out, and that was Goliath. So so it is with so many prophets and people of God who've been sincerely on their face before God. It doesn't mean that we've been perfect. Oh, no, had it not been for the grace of God for all of us, I don't care who you are. But it does mean that even when we fail, because the Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times. 
Well, how do you fall for a seventh time if you didn't get up the first six times? Right. So it's not about did you fall, it's about what did you do when you fell? Did you get up or did you stay there? And so for the people that have made it a mandate for their life to get up, God has said, oh, yes, this is the season that I'm walking you into everything that I promised you, and not for, not for your glory, but for my glory, so that men can see my work in the earth through you and glorify me. And that's dynamic for uh, for what we're doing here with this fourth quarter comeback movement. Um, Amen. I, I'm, I've been really, um, really, really adamant about bringing people on who – who 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 give people tools and tips on how to come back? Not not just you know okay 2009. Well we you know we're in the fourth quarter 2009. We're glad when 2010 gets here. No 2009 is not over yet. It's not over yet. Hang in there. The game is not over. You know I'm not a big sports fanatic. I'll be honest <laughs> with you about that. I can't even tell you who won the Super Bowl last year. But what I do know is that the game is not over until the game is over. And I do know that we've seen wins in the last minute of the fourth quarter. And I do know, and I share this all the time when I'm ministering, especially around this season where we celebrate Jesus' birth. And ironically enough, I'm in seminary now completing my master's, praise God, and that was something that God asked me to do. I know, you know, we have people in the body of Christ that agree with that and don't agree with that, but I say, as for me, I go with what the Lord said for my life. And as for my life, that is what he commissioned me to go forth and go through. And one of the things that we studied is actually the time of day that Jesus was born. And interestingly enough, Jesus was born late at night. And the revelation that God gave me from that is that I allowed my son to come into the earth late at night so that I could send you guys a reminder that I can show up any time, even in the midnights of your life, and still be a deliverer. Wow. And so the reality of the situation is maybe God didn't come for, through for you like you thought he was in March. Maybe he didn't come through for you like, he thought, like you thought he should in June. But could it be that God was saving your, your manifestation until the last quarter? Because you know what I found out, man of God, if we're going to keep it real? We praise God harder when we've been through hell. Yes, yes, ma'am. You, I can't argue with that one. <laughs> You praise God harder when you've been through hell. And so I just want to encourage people that are still waiting and believe in God, hang in there. This is the fourth quarter, but miracles happen in the fourth quarter, okay? Comebacks happen in the fourth quarter. Restoration happens in the fourth quarter. Deliveries are made in the fourth quarter, and you can never doubt that. But you have to stay ever strong in that and know that if God said it, he is going to perform his word because we know that Numbers 23 and 19 says, Am I a God that I should lie? Have I said it? Will I not perform it? So right there, God is daring us not to trust him. Wow. Tara, I, I hate to do this. Ah, I know we got to go. Time, time, <laughs> time does not permit us to, to go any further, but I do. Oh, my gosh. Could you could you just uh, let the people know where they can find you and give them a word of encouragement as we uh, go to the next segment? Sure, sure. My word of encouragement is hang in there. I posted a quote on my Facebook page the other day, and it said, uh, you know, stronghold. A lot of us have been feeling like there's been a stronghold on us, but you've got to break down the definition of a stronghold. Anytime you feel that you are coming up against something that's stronger than you, that very word, stronghold, is telling you what to do. Baby, just keep holding on because something has got to break. See, the Bible says that the enemy goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. He's not like God. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. But I also should that the enemy never likes to lose. That's why whenever God performed a miracle and those demons had to flee, they never showed back up again because they knew if we show back up and Jesus is still here, he still has the authority to put us out. 
So it is with your life. If you keep holding on, that's sending a reminder to the enemy, baby, you ain't doing nothing but running your mouth because you ain't running me and you're not running what God has spoken over my life. I'm still here and I'm still standing. And when you keep holding on and that's the message that you send to the enemy because the Bible says that he goes to and fro, pretty soon you're going to see his fro leaving you because he can't stay where you are because he ain't winning nothing. So my word of encouragement to everybody is hang in there, trust God, and know that God gets the very last say-so, not you, not your enemies, not anybody. My final quote, and I share it oftentimes when I'm preaching, is that before God decides to bless you, he will not ask a board of trustees, advisors, your enemies, or his enemies. He does not sit on a committee. He is the committee all by himself. So I praise you for allowing me to come on to your, your radio show. I pray that yes, somebody is blessed and impacted. I can be found. You can Google me, Tara Hodges, T-E-R-A, Hodges, H-O-D-G-E-S, or you can go straight to my site, www.tara, T-E-R-A, Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-S-A.com. You can interact with me there, and I praise God for the opportunity to bless you as well as your listening audience. And, and Tara, we, we, we are absolutely just blessed by everything you just said and, and done. And I thank God for you. Also, if you could, please stay on. There's somebody coming on the show. My next guest, I want to actually connect you to because you, you have you, – you, I know April Mason. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, she's a sister in the Lord. I'm proud of her. I'm praying God's best for her. And to anybody who is listening, stay tuned. I know that she will bring a mighty word, and she is a powerful woman in the Lord. And I praise God to know her as a sister. Well, we couldn't. April had 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 a change of plans. We couldn't bring her on tonight, but we're we're going to uh, bring her back uh, later. But the, my next guest, dynamic powerhouse. You you guys need to connect. I'm going to connect you two. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, people, this is a. a <laughs> I'm sitting here with my mouth open, taking notes. Like you know, each week I see this is a, a absolutely beautiful place to be. I get the chance to in helping you. I get help myself with things I need help with. And um, Tara, Tara Carissa Hodges, I, I I am honored to know you. I'm honored to to be in your midst because you just delivered some dynamic stuff. And you this is this is indicative of what she does. And I want you to follow her. She you can find her. She has a blog talk radio called Life Now Radio. Um, it's uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Life Now Ministries, I believe. And or you can just go to terracarissa.com and and find all her information there. But we're gonna uh, definitely, she's definitely gonna be, she's welcome back here anytime she's she wants to come back. Um, moving to our next guest. Our next guest is um, is family. Um, this is my big sister. Um, she is a, a dynamic young lady as well. Um, like I said I brought Tara on to talk about restoration and restoring the essence of 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 woman. I'm bringing my sister on here. This. I, like I said, I, I work with experts, and she's an expert at helping people break soul ties. If you don't know what a soul tie is, you're going to find out tonight because you need to know what it is, and you need, you need to, to really grasp what we're saying. That the tools and the tips we've given you tonight, please open your heart up and receive them because this is for you. This this stuff is to make your life better. So without further ado, I'm going to bring to the show uh, my sister, Miss Karen L. Donald. Mr. Hello, Karen, are you there? How are you? Yes, I, I am. am. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal. It's, it's an honor to have you here. Listen, I'm sitting here listening to this show, and this woman of God you just had on this show, I cannot <laughs> wait. 
to listen to your podcast. That was so powerful. I couldn't write fast enough because I was doing something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm I'm looking forward to the podcast myself. Sarah <laughs> Hodges. I mean, such a such a. I mean, that was a powerful, powerful message. And I said, this man gonna have me follow this powerful woman of God. <laughs> you know, of course I'm playing, but she just that was just wonderful. And I would I would just really just be honored to have an opportunity to meet her. I think that women that can come together and um and fellowship and work with work with people, you know, to, to break the bands of the devil, I think that's real powerful and that's important. But she just really blessed me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 I like I said I brought you on as an expert tonight because I, you you taught a class on Thursday and could you tell the people more about what that class is? Uh on Thursday I hosted a teleconference and it was entitled The Destruction of Soul Ties and uh, just really, just, just as it sounds, the destruction of soul ties. And the reason that I first hosted this uh, teleconference is because my schedule had gotten to the point where God was really nudging on me on a way to deliver a word to people and have them to be able to hear and be delivered with the curriculum uh, that I have now for inner healing and deliverance. And uh, so what this does is it gives me an opportunity not only to minister to those who have taken my class or who come through counseling, but on that particular call, uh, we had people from all over, and I just received an email from the U.K. that some people that I know in Africa were listening, and they wow. listened and downloaded the podcast. So it really was, um, or the teleconference, so it really was God, but it was the destruction of soul ties and administered to several areas about soul ties and what they can do to your life and how they're formed. Okay. So, could you tell us what is a soul? I mean, you say soul type. What is a soul? Well, a soul, first of all, uh, is the very essence of who you are. It's your character. It's your personality. I said on the other night, it's the person's total self. So it's the moral and emotional nature of who you are. And what I like to do, if I can, is we're going to, if I can, Miles, I want to start in Genesis to kind of give people an idea of where the soul came from. Um, We know in Genesis chapter 1 that God created man, and it says in verse 27 that it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created created him, male and female, he created them. And he said he blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. And And we know that scripture, and a lot of people say it. But first of all, so many people are moving uh, in, the, in their ministry and just in business in the world and not understanding who they are. First of all, they're created in the image of God. I heard you in the beginning of the show talk about John 10 and 10. And this, the first part of that is that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. A lot of people have been told that they're nothing, they won't be nothing, ain't never going to be nothing because their mama wasn't nothing and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, if you're nothing, what is the enemy coming to still kill and destroy? <laughs> so that's the part that I always deal with right there. Okay? He's doing something. He's working on something. So, you know, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. The enemy is busy every day, and he's working on taking everything from you, and he's using the things, like my sister spoke about, about restoration. He's taking our dreams. He's taking the the dreams and visions we have inside of us. So that's why it's important. Even what you're doing is just so important. So let's move on and say he's created him in his own image. So I want people to understand that, first of all, they were created as a spiritual person because God is a spirit. So first of all, 
the blessings, the image of God, you were created in the spirit. In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 7 it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So that in verse in chapter 2 is when we first became a personality. And our personality, what we like, what we don't like, our character is of God because we were created in his image. Right. So, so your soul is the very essence of you living. That is what God breathed into to make you a living soul. And then from that point on, from the time you are conceived to the time that you die, it is the enemy's desire to have that soul wow. because it has the breath of God, because it has something to do with God. It's not because we're all that. It's not because your suits are so fly, and it's not because I can go out and get my hair a certain way. It's because of that soul that's inside of you. I do keep, Always keep, I do keep on fly suits, too. Just, just interject that. <laughs> all the time. That's why I used you as the example. <laughs> but see, Miles, and all your and all your wisdom and all your knowledge and everything that you're getting, uh, it's never going to be about you. It's about mm-hmm. who's connected to you. It's about the soul. It's about the soul that's connected to you, your your world, your destiny, the people that will be set free because of what you do, because that is the the that is the power of God. That's the delivering power of God that's inside of you and has come to impact and ramshack the world. Wow. And it's the enemy's camp, okay? So the wow. soul is a person's personality. So everything that's about you, it starts off with your soul. Wow. And your soul is, of course, what God is going to have back when you pass away. Okay, so that's why when we come and we have altar call, we say, you know, we want the souls to come. The souls are coming back to Christ. My sister spoke about restoration. Restoration and breaking the stuff out of the soul has to happen before a person can even identify with what God has for them. Wow. Okay. So then since now we know what a soul is, mm-hmm. what is a soul tie? Okay, a soul tie is the knitting together of it's a knitting together together to say of personalities and of spirits. The best way I can um, even tell someone how to look at it. It's just as if something comes into your life and it just becomes, it's a bond. It's a bonding. Okay, Okay, so you can have, it's the bondings of your mind, your will, your emotions, and you become knit together. And it either can be for good or for evil. But we have to remember that it's spiritual. So because it's spiritual, sometimes it's not able to be identified. That's why we have to learn how to live a life according to what God has for us because when we do that, God through discernment can have us to be able to flee and identify those things that will be harmful to our soul. Wow. Wow. So uh, what are some causes of soul ties? Some causes of soul ties that every everyone talks about the sexual soul ties. Okay. Anytime you hear about soul ties, everybody always thinks it's something that's sexual. So we'll start there. Um, now, like I said, there's good and bad soul ties. Good, good, and I don't and I don't like to call them ties. I've heard people call godly soul ties. I think that the things that are predestined for us and the godly desires that come to us, the things that God desires. 
to have to come into our life, relationships, friendships, associations, business, pastors, leaders. God has a knitting together for the good of the kingdom of God, and which ultimately is the good for our for our world and our life. But the ungodly soul tie, say, in a sexual soul tie would be, of course, sex without marriage. Okay. You know, which of course commonly we call a fornication with the church. Okay. Sex without marriage, and like I mentioned on my teleconference the other night, unfortunately a lot of us didn't grow up in a church where we could have a complete understanding of this. So we either grew up with somebody in our home telling us, you know sex is a sin, and we're looking at them like, yeah. In the meantime, we have encountered and, and had sexual experiences before marriage, either as teenagers because everybody said you should do it, either because we were forced. A lot of people, unfortunately, have had forced sexual experiences. And then there's people that have been molested and raped with all kinds of situations. But the tie comes because there is a joining or knitting together of a spiritual thing. We know that that is a form of worship for married people. For married folk, God said that's a, I'm going to keep saying married. (laughs) It's a form of worship, Okay. So without without marriage, it's still that spiritual tie, but it's ungodly. So what happens is I have sex with someone who is not my husband. Not only am I now tied to him mentally and emotionally, because we all can see that when you're trying to break away from someone that you had that you had some sexual relationship with and you weren't married and you're in an ungodly relationship, that it's the hardest thing to get away. Right. Even for women, when the person is being, we can be abused, and men too. I mean, I've been talking to men lately. I'm finding out so many men that have been abused. Right. Especially emotionally and mentally. And what's going on? You're saying, I don't know what I can do. You know, I always tell people it's the, it's the I, I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. I keep going back over there. <laughs> and I said, and I'm looking at them, and I'm saying, okay, this obviously is not healthy for you. Even people that I've seen, women come back bruised and battered, literally, physically. But they they got they can't help it. And when you go through the counseling, you find out it's the sexual part. They don't know how it, it has bounded itself to them. So not only, Miles, are you bonded to that person, you are also, what makes it even more dangerous, is you're bonded to everybody that they have sex with, too. Wow. So it's a continual cycle. Because not only are you bonded to who they had sex with, but their people, their partners. And so who knows down the line what you were connected to? Oh, my gosh. So some people say, why is it all of a sudden that I feel like I want to start smoking again? And I never smoked before. And then the person they're fooling around with is a smoker. Because wow. it's a transferring of spirits all the time. Wow. Okay. So we can go deeper into that. I'm not, but that's a sexual soul tie. And it is a while because when you sit and think about it, you're like, okay, so I sat here and I had sex with somebody who I'm no longer, I'm no longer dealing with. I'm not dealing with them anymore because they had some mental issues, stuff wasn't right. I found out some things about them, and then guess what? I also now am bonded to them spiritually because hmm. I had that form that that 
definite form of contact that was meant for God, for good things for us, the enemy takes it and turns it around and says, okay, because he wants to do everything that God does. So it's just the opposite. Right. God said it's worship. The enemy is going to call it witchcraft. Hmm. And you could be so tied to a person that it's like it's, it's like witchcraft. Wow. Wow. So then, you want me to go on to the next one? Well, I want you just because you're going down a path here now, and I, I think people need to hear it, you know. Uh, okay. Because I think that a lot, of, you know, we don't want to. I don't want to make people feel. You know, like we're just we're here beating you up, but we're here, we're here trying to help you. You know, and a lot of the issues that we deal with, as far as like as coaches with people in, in relationships, it it stems around sex. It stems around mm-hmm. the sexual aspect of the relationship and how they are connected to a person that means them no good. They don't even care about them. That's right. That's how right. is it? How is it that okay? This person can be. You you have all this common sense. And you know that this person is just not right for you. This person is not perpetuating your destiny. They're not. They're not God's best for you. How is it that you can break away from that? How do you break away from from you know that type of person? You know when you bound that way. Right, and we and we know unfortunately it 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 sometimes it goes way way out there before you can even you can even get control of it. It's getting to the point now where you can almost see it and you can predict it. If you know the person that's going through it, right? you're saying, please get away, please, please, please. I mean, even with myself, Miles, I was engaged to a leader in the church who found a way through my weakness. That's where it first starts, through my weakness and my, self, my low self-esteem, through my not knowing how to be built up within myself. I ended up having sexual relationship with this person who was a leader in the church. Wow. So that makes it a double whammy. Wow. Because my respect is for leaders in the church, okay? So I'm saying, okay, I respect this person, and he, you know, I'm so-and-so. So when it came down to saying no, I'm going through something else now, too, because I'm having a hard time saying no to any man because I've been raped already. Right. Wow. And then I've been, less, been molested when I was young. And now someone's coming at me as a leader. So getting away was difficult because I felt that guilt, and, and that's a whole other thing. I do, a, I do a, a lesson on pulpit rape, and it talks about leadership and, and different things that where people have been abused in, in churches behind mm-hmm. this because it becomes a form of witchcraft. But how you get away is that it's such powerful lust and mind control, and it ends up becoming like almost a form of witchcraft. Wow. So the number one thing that you have to do is you have to be willing to confess to yourself that something is not right. And God will allow you to see something that's just not right about it. And it's up to you at that point to say, to hear the voice of God, or either continue, because it's going to be difficult. Because right. the person is going to make be making you feel guilty. You know I love you so much. You mean the world to me. And it's feeding into those weaknesses that you have in your life. So the first thing is you have to admit that, first of all, you know this isn't right. Right. So when you hear a leader, if you're blessed to have a leader in your, in, in your life that can say it, and if you're not in that kind of church, Miles, what I found out is God will send you someone to, t- to say something, you either see it on television. You know, God, 
God is not limited to coming into your church. Right. Because he's omnipresent. Right. But he'll give you a word if he has to give it to you through the 7 o'clock news. <laughs> wow. You know, that something's not right. That, 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 that thing with Rihanna opened up a whole bunch of women's eyes. Right. The whole world sat and watched her and said, oh, my God, why do you keep going back to her? Oh, Lord, what are you doing? Girl, you're stupid. And then now she's coming on TV talking about how bad it was Right. for her. So first thing is confession. First thing is admittance. And then the next thing you have to do is you need to be able to seek help. And what I found when I did the teleconference the other night, I had people on the call. Some people would never even go to church. Soul ties are across the board, and I was so happy they received it because now they're thinking, now I've got to find somewhere to get help for this. Right. Because I've got to get away. So you've got to be able to seek help, and you want to seek godly help. And it's so wonderful to have coaches and people that are helping people that have the spirit of God within them because we're able to be life coaches and ministers, and this is what God wants. We have to reach a mass of people. So you want to be able to seek help, and you want to be able to tell God every day. When I went to that particular thing, I, I met with a pastor, a great intercessor at our church, a Mother Dalton, Pastor Dalton, okay. and she asked me, are you ready to let it go? So that's the question we always have to even ask ourselves. Are we really ready to let it go? Because we can sit in counseling and we can sit and, and we really don't want to let it go because it's feeding something. It's, it's feeding something in us. So are you really willing to let it go? And that's all a part of your confession. If I'm going to call you and tell you, Miles, I can't get away, I got I need some help, then I'm confessing something right. to you. And then it's not for you to go around and tell everybody and put everything on Facebook about right. me. Right. It's about you praying for me and breaking the bands of, devil, of the devil because you can. Right. So the quicker you're ready to let it go, the quicker God can move. And it's every day. It's not how, I'm, how am I going to get away, God? What am I going to do, God? It's God, I thank you for breaking this tie I have with so-and-so. And I tell people, be specific. Name the name. Do whatever you have to do because your destiny is being destroyed every single time you lay in that bed. Wow. Every single time you lay in that bed. You know, I like the story uh, about the woman at the well, the woman, the, the Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was so great about her story, and it was the story that ministered the first first to me because it was the very first conference that I had, that I had an opportunity to work and, and host at our church, that was the scripture that was given to me to minister from. But one thing that was so great about this woman is that every day that she went to that well, and that's found in John chapter 4, for those who don't know, but every time that woman went to the well, she was seeking something. And then just one time she ran across Jesus, and all you need is just one encounter <laughs> with Jesus. That's all you need. And the, the 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 what was awesome about that story is because it says that when the woman had that conversation with Jesus and the power gifts of God were in operation because he started he started ministering to her out of the word of knowledge and out of wisdom, she received it because she knew it was God. And this was something different than she had ever received. But it says that when she and she knew the principles, she knew that her father said they worship in the mountains. I mean, you know, she knew all the religious stuff. But Jesus let her know that it was a time for worship. And in our churches 
and in our private time miles, people have to learn how to worship because so much is broken during worship. We're not asking him for anything. We're not doing nothing else. We're just telling him how great he is. Right. But it says that after she began to worship and she thought about what he said and she received what he said, the Bible says that she left her water pot and she ran to tell everyone. And she and who she went to go tell was the man that she was sleeping with. Wow. And they're looking at her like, now here she comes. If she is talking about Jesus, and then, you know, not only the men she slept with, but the people who knew about her, the people who talked about her and looked at her all the time and said, see, that's why we don't want to deal with them half-breeds. They go in, they get our men. She's sitting there sleeping with everybody and everybody's husband. And that's why a lot of people can't be set free miles because you don't know who to come tell. Wow. And all you got to do is say, you know, tell it to Jesus. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to tell anyone what they're going through because they were embarrassed and being judged in the church. But this is a personal thing between you and God. But you know what I, I love about that scripture? And she, it says she left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to them, come see a man which told me the things I ever did. Is this not the Christ? I mean, you know, the spirit, the spirit just right. amazed her. And the power of God was greater than anything she was ever going through. But the fact that she left her water pot, the water pot is that thing that holds you. That's the thing that held her. Leaving her water pot meant she can't pick that thing back up and go to the well the next day. Wow. You know, so we make excuses. Like, So I ask you, but what is your water pot tonight? What is your excuse? What are you using to continually go back to that situation that you're in? Leave it at the altar. Leave it at the well. And run and do. You see how quick her destiny came forth? Wow, that that's amazing. <laughs> her destiny came forth as soon as she let that thing go. And it's always something. There's a root of a situation that gets you into these to these things. And God said, "Look, I I made you in my image. I made you to prosper. I made you to be fruitful. And every day that you do not allow me to break this thing off your life, your destiny is laying right there in that bed with you. Mm. And it's drowning." Wow. Leave it there. Wow. wow. We we have to we I, we have to. Oh my gosh, you, you're giving some dynamic points. We, we're gonna bring you back to, to finish this. But there's a couple things I, w- I want you to get to before we uh, move to the next segment. Before we, we're getting close to the end of the show. But um, there's one thing I I really need you to answer because somebody uh, asked me this question earlier, and is it possible that you can have a soul tie to a person who's passed away? Definitely. There are soul ties to the the dead, as we call it, and also soul ties to the demonic. And what, what you're saying is to the dead. You definitely can. Um, in, in explaining, of course, as Christians, we don't believe in hauntings and ghosts and all this kind of stuff. But right. me being a person that, that works in deliverance, I know that there's a lot of things that goes on with the enemy and what he does to make us believe in, say, his side. Okay. Uh, an example of a soul tie to the dead is a woman who has had a miscarriage. Let's just use that as the first example. A woman's had a miscarriage. You will find them sometimes being obsessed with dead uh, children or children that have passed away or obsessed with obituaries. I have some people that I've taken through counseling now. The one's a teenager and one's an adult. They're obsessed with obituaries. Oh, wow. 
they go online and they read them and they look because they lost something out of their life and they don't know how to deal with it. And one girl had a miscarriage, the other one had a forced abortion. Okay, mm-hmm. so a lot of times you have ties to who. And then the spirit of mourning, uh, Miles, is very, very dangerous. That's why when people have people that pass away in their family, we are so blessed if we could be connected to the places of God that people can pray over us mm-hmm. because the spirit of mourning is very dangerous. I know people who mourn over parents' deaths for years. In my personal life, I lost my grandmother. And when I lost my grandmother, it was at the time I'm in, I'm in my senior year of high school, and my grandmother, you know, most people's grandmothers is just their, the bomb anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to go there, you get to eat whatever you want to eat and all that kind of stuff. But we all know someone's grandmother who has been used and abused by her grandchildren. Right. Using their credit, messing up their name, stealing their Social Security numbers, all that kind of stuff, okay, because there is a bond there that sometimes has become very ungodly and there's a lot of guilt. But on my case, when my grandmother, when she passed away, my grandmother's home was my sanctuary real quickly because I had been abused so much. And I had people I couldn't talk to, and I found some kind of sanctuary in my grandmother's home. It became my safe place. And just when we can go to grandma's house, everything goes away. My cousins are there with me, and we're all happy, so forth and so on. When she passed away, Miles, my whole world fell apart. Wow. And she's my best friend and all this, but I'm not saying just in that case of missing her. I almost could not live for three years. I would get on my bike. On my bike, I wouldn't even drive and ride over to her house because this is what I would do when I was younger, take my bike and ride over to her house, and I would sit on her porch and just sit there and cry for three years. Then how God healed me is he started letting me meet people who knew her and say, oh, you know, so-and-so, she spoke so much about you. She told us when you got your driver's license, she told you how proud, and it started helping me to understand this woman loved me, but she wants me to live. Wow. Three years I sat by her house. A total of five years I couldn't go back to her house. And just now in my life, in the last three or four years, when I realized it was a spirit of mourning and it was broken off my life, I was able to drive past her house. And I'm saying maybe longer than that, maybe six years. And just recently I met someone who's actually living in her house. Oh, wow. And I actually handled it really well. The girl gave me her address and I said, wow. I said, I couldn't believe it. I said, is the house sitting on the corner of so-and-so? And she said, yeah. She just kept saying, yeah. And I said, that's my grandmother's house. I am so happy to meet the person that's in my grandmother's house. Wow. Couldn't have did it. Couldn't have did it. Ten years ago, couldn't have did it. Wow. So you can. And it, and it comes to a spirit of mourning. And also, um, and I know we have to get ready to go, but you know how you have parents or parents or someone in your family that may have always badgered you about something. You're not, you can't do that. You can't do anything. You are so stupid. You are so, or even someone you made a promise to. Right. When they pass away, a lot of people still live in, trying to live that promise or living with that voice. So as soon as you get up and start trying to do something in your life that's positive, you start hearing that voice. That's why it's real important of who you let speak into your life because words attach itself to your soul. Right. It really does. So, yes, you definitely can have a soul tie to the dead. And there's a lot of uh, accounts in the Bible that we find out that that people just didn't move out the way they were supposed to because of how someone lived and how they died. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And, well, you know, and you know, it's a lot more. Just a whole lot more. And like I said, we're definitely going we're gonna to bring you back. This, like I said, this is the, this is the beginning because I think this is this is dynamite stuff for people to listen to and hear. Um, while we got you here, you, you, I, I know you to have a, a powerful, dyna, dynamic uh, healing ministry. Uh, I want you to pray for, for anyone who's listening, anyone who may hear okay. this podcast, for, for deliverance and from soul ties and anything that may bind them or keep them away from their, their God-given uh, destiny. Definitely, definitely. And I'll, I'll just pray, and and you know, and just and I just encourage everyone before I pray that that God is going to begin to reveal some things, and I see people listening now that God has been dealing with about some situations, and there's a reason why this man of God stayed in one area, even the woman of God that came on before me, that it's time for you to live and not die. But Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, for your Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for the anointing that is even through this through this radio broadcast right now. God, we just thank you, Lord God, for all the people who are listening. I thank you, Lord God, that all the scattered pieces of the souls that are out there, God, that each individual person can see their life becoming whole in the name of Jesus. We call forth the scattered fragments. We call forth those things that have been lost because of ties in their life, and we break the back of the enemy right now in their life in the name of Jesus. And, God, I just thank you that you will begin to reveal to your people, Lord God, those things that have tied them down. I thank you, Lord God, that the original personality, the restoration of the original man, Lord God, is coming forth. Someone out there hasn't been happy for a very long time, and they're suppressing laughter and they're suppressing joy. And, God, I thank you that they'll be free immediately in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that every soul tie is broken now. And from this day forward, Lord God, that you will begin to reveal to them that before the end of this year they shall see their destiny begin to come forth and they'll be empowered and begin to prosper in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That, amen. That, that, that is, that's what the doctor ordered. <laughs> that's just the doctor <laughs> ordered right there. I, I know somebody amen. heard that and it's, and things are different now. And, and we are, we sincerely appreciate you. Um, uh, Karen, could you tell the people where they can find you and uh, also uh, how they can follow you? Well, um, if a person would just simply email me at Karen Donald Ministries, that's D O N A L D, Karen Donald Ministries at gmail.com, we will add them to our mailing list and they will get information on our next teleconferences and even some of the conferences that we're beginning to do, not only in the United States but around the world, and also be able to receive some of our newsletters. Uh, we're in preparation right now of having our website. Uh, that will be up, but in the meantime, they can email me at Karen Donald Ministries at gmail dot com, and they can get all the support and the questions that they need. Well, well, we we sincerely appreciate you again, and we look forward to having you back on really soon for part uh, two Thank of this. You. I love you. I'm honored love you to have me on, and I appreciate you, and God bless you. God bless you too. Well, people, we come to that part in the show where we um, we don't say goodbye, but we uh, we let you know that we I really enjoy doing what I do for you. I really enjoy um, bringing you know dynamic people here for you each and every week, and I want you to understand something that 
I really want you to get this. I really want you to 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 have to live and experience a championship standard of living. I want you to live a, a great life. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm the first guinea pig. I, everything that and when I bring guests on here, they're for me too. So I hope that you're really getting what we're bringing to you each and every week. So with that understood, I want to thank our guest, uh, Prophetess Tara uh, Carissa, Karen L. Donald. Um, I want to send special thanks to um, my pastor, Pastor Ginaldo Lee and Lady Tiffany Lee, uh, Bishop Wayne T. Jackson, Dr. Beverly Jackson. I also want to thank uh, Mr. Kenneth Moody, who's doing some dynamic work for me behind the scenes, Mr. Rick Session, who's doing some dynamic work behind the scenes for me also. Um, any everybody who who had anything to do with creating the championship standard living, the fourth quarter comeback, uh, J.L. Godfrey, uh, he just had a dynamic uh, two weeks uh, of, of shows. Go back and listen to his shows. He's been having some dynamic shows as well. Um, and we're going to continuously uh, bring forth uh, great information for you. And um, just it, it's just my desire to see you blessed and see you whole and see you healed. And without a shadow of a doubt, this is creating championships and living. And now what I want also, before I leave, I want to, I want to give you this. We are doing some dynamic stuff, and I want you to partner with me as we go forward to do some absolutely phenomenal things across the world. I want you to to begin to donate uh, to the to this um, this massive work that we're doing here. Uh, you can you can send uh, PayPal donations at uh, roar dot partner at gmail dot com or at miles at mileswmiller dot com. That's m y l e s at m y l e s w m i l l e r dot com. Um, and we're going to have links uh, on the, each podcast and on my websites, uh, on Facebook and everything. Just, you know, feel free to connect to us because we, 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 we do this for you, but, but we have a bigger, we have a bigger, uh, we have a bigger lot to go get. And I appreciate you for coming out each and every week. I don't take you for granted. I love you. I'm praying for you. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you healed. I want to see you hold. I want to see you experiencing a championship standard of living. So without further ado, without a shadow of a doubt, this has been Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller, and you know my mantra and my motto. It is, don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Find things in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, Vowed a celibate, we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Just because I walk as if I have oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. 
Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my sassiness upset you? <laughs> Don't take it so hard just because I laugh. <laughs> As if I have gold mines digging in my own backyard. You can shoot me with your words. You can cut me with your lies. You can kill me with your hatefulness. But just like life, I rise. Does my sexiness offend you? Oh, does it come as a surprise that I dance? As if I have diamonds at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide. Welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak miraculously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the hope and the dream of the slave. And so, naturally, There I go, right.